Well, it's another lovely day the Lord has made. Welcome to In The Moment. I'm your host, Reverend Ricky Allen Jr. Thanking you for another time to be with you and worshiping with you in the Lord on this lovely, glorious, but hot Sunday morning. So please be safe out there as you're out and about enjoying the beginning of the summertime season. We're almost there, people. I'm sure the weather will probably be a little fluctuating, but you know, um, this heat is uh, something for beach level uh, enjoyment and activity. So make sure you're out there. Stay safe. Always have your sunscreen on. And let's get started with this morning's readings. Uh, this morning's psalm comes from one, Psalm 143.10, which reads as follows. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Amen. Our morning scripture comes from 2 Peter 3.18, which reads, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. All right, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being able to come to you once again, O Lord. Uh, there are so many things going on out here in the country that it would take too long to explain, but you already know it. You already know what's going on. You see the pain, the tears, the arguments, the everything. Sometimes it feels like it's so much that is overwhelming and you just want to turn the TV off. But we know, Lord, we need to stay aware of what's going on. We need to stay aware of what's happening around us for the sake of our families, for the sake of our children, our jobs, our communities. And I can only pray, Lord, that you give us an opportunity to share the gospel with a world that is continuing to lose its way. Lord, we pray for those in Ukraine right now still dealing with the war against Russia. This invasion has gone on for roughly 100 days plus now, Lord. But we trust in you. We know that you see what's going on and we know that you're gonna respond at a time of your choosing. And during these times, the word of unrest out in the world and unrest in our country, people dealing with shootings and crime and evil of all sorts, we know you're there. We know that you are revealing yourself to people around these things. It looks hard at times, Lord. It looks difficult. But we know that we serve a righteous God. And we know in our hearts whom we serve. And we just pray that others choose this day whom they will serve. And I praise you, O Lord. These things we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray God is going to bless you with a mighty message and hope to support you in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Email us at yourmomentministries at gmail.com with your praise and prayer requests. Help support this ministry through your cash app, dollar sign, your moment. We appreciate your continued prayers and support. And now, today's message. All right, and we are back. Now, we've started a series last week called How Does Your Garden Grow? How Does Your Garden Grow? Uh, establishing the fact out here in the world, we are seeing what I have called a spiritual famine, uh, one where the Word of God is very scarce and 
People are starving for something out there. We see it in our social media, in the news. Anything that looks good, we're going to give it some kind of airplay, some kind of attention because people need something to hold on to. And unfortunately, they've chosen other things. So uh, the gospel stands here waiting. It stands here looking out, wondering how long will it take for people to turn back to God. And so we enter into this famine where people are starving. People are uh, hurting from the inside out because they're not ingesting nutrients, spiritual nutrients, the right spiritual nutrients to get well and be healthy in the Lord and be healthy in this thing we call life that he's given us. Now, last week we also talked about the need for gardeners. We, we talked about the need to have spiritual gardeners out there sharing the gospel. Uh, and that's not just the preachers. That is also involving everybody out there who has accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior in your life. You are called to evangelize. You are called to go share the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Now, with that being said, <laughs> uh, that can be a little difficult. That can be a little hard. So this week, we're going to uh, look at the reality of planting, the reality of planting. We've all tried or known someone that's tried to plant something. Either they were successful or they weren't. Planting is pretty much a cut dry process. Either you're going to prepare everything and be ready to plant the seeds and take care of it and look forward to a successful harvest or a successful bloom of flowers, or you're just going to toss seeds out there and hope for the best. And with that being said, we move on to the text today, which is a very well-known text. I'm sure you have read it. It is the parable of the sower, which reads, starting at verse 4, And when much people were gathered together and were come to him of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it, and some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture, and some fell among thorns, and the thorn sprang up with it, and choked it, and another fell on good ground, and sprang up, and bare fruit an hundredfold, and when he had said these things, he cried, he hath ears to hear, let them let him hear. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, your already blessed word. Now, Lord, we ask for your words to come forth. Uh, we have arranged some thoughts that you've delivered to, to me. But we know, Lord, you're going to say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done on this morning as folks are watching. We ask you, Lord, to uh, bless us. Step forward and bring us the wisdom to glean from these texts. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. At this point, Jesus is active in his ministry when he sees people have come from all over to see him, as the text clearly points out. is At this time, he begins to preach, but he is addressing them through 
a parable. What's a parable? Usually a short, fictitious story that illustrates a moral attitude or a religious principle. Now, um, that's what the dictionary gives us. If you look it up or Google it, whatever, you're going to come across something close to that definition. Or you can simply say a story that uses relatable items that people can relate to in order to understand the overall message. You know, it's easy to prepare a great message to tell someone or you're teaching and teach over their head. As you, as we say, uh, when the message goes over their head and you're, you're pretty much, it pretty much means that that message that you're talking is far above what they're going to understand. And Jesus gets this. So he began speaking in parables. Um, prior to this, he is teaching direct gospel. He's teaching direct scriptural teaching. And then he switches up and goes into parables. There's something to be said about that. There's something to stop and look at when we see this behavior in Christ. Uh, three things before we get started. I just wanted to highlight this because I felt like it's very important when it comes to our young ministers out there. Uh, of course, like myself, even though I've been preaching for roughly about 15, 16 years, still very young in the ministry, still learning just like you out there who are in seminary or maybe uh, starting your own ministry and just started getting started preaching the gospel. Uh, there's some things to uh, look at. A uh, few things for the road. Communicate at people's level. Jesus is a master at communicating at people's level. This is why the Bible is so relatable. This is why the Bible is so down to earth. It's so practical because Jesus Christ knows how to address people at whatever level they are at. Number two, make sure the message is going somewhere. Notice in that parable, he didn't take all day, which is also number three. Don't, don't take all day with this. He's going somewhere with the message. A lot of times people are giving a lot of great philosophical mumbo jumbo that never has no end point, no end game. What am I getting from this? What am I gleaning from this? And that's where God's word supersedes so many other people's messages of kindness and hope and all these things because the gospel is going somewhere. The gospel has an end game. The gospel has a point A and a point B. So keep that in mind when you're out there sharing this gospel, that it does have a point A and a point B. So you should have a point A and a point B. All right. Just need to get that out. But here's the reality of things. When we look at this text, the moral of this text in a nutshell is everyone is not going to listen. But yes, you will be successful because you're working for Jesus Christ. So who are you talking to when you're sharing the gospel? That's the big question here. We got some categories here, so let's look at them from the beginning with verse 5, because uh, the sower, of course, is Christ, and of course, if we parallel it to our lives, it is me and you, those who have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, and the seed is the gospel, uh, if, we, if we're going to look at it again as a parable, we're learning something here, and then finally, the soil are the people. So now that we have that established, now let's look at this text in that context and see what we're going to learn from this. So we see here, verse 5, the sower went out to sow a seed, and some fell by the wayside and was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Now, these are the people 
who didn't take it at all. The Bible says it was trodden down, which means in the Greek, kapatheo. The definition of that is to tread down or trampled on. So what you see here is the word was met with disregard and contempt, and as a result, it was unusable where it landed and it, because it got trampled on by the people. Pretty much, people stomped it out. They, weren't, they, they did not want nothing to do with this. This is a parable, once again. And as a result, it was devoured by the prey in their environment. In other words, Satan found a way to destroy the word here in this environment to where God's word couldn't even grow. The word in the situation didn't land on usable souls. Have you ever come across people like that? Where you have shared this gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they stomped it out. They got rid of it. And as a result, Satan took whatever was left of it and devoured it. The prey came by and just scooped it right up because they stomped it out. Verse 6, we see that uh, the word, the, the, the seed fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it had lacked moisture. Now, this time... The word lands on the hardened souls in this situation. And now, check this out. Even though there was some growth there, there was no moisture. So, it still died. In other words, the environment to sustain itself was not available. And it died, through. though it did sprout a little something. You're going to have people that you're going to share this gospel with that you might see a little bit of a sprout of God in them at that point, but it's not going to last because they're not cultivating the gospel in their heart. So the gospel has nothing to grow on in their heart, and as a result, it withers away. Maybe for the first couple of months, they might be talking that blase blah about how they're going to change their life and they're going to do all these things because it already tells you already how it's not growing right. There's nothing there cultivating it because they're talking about what they're going to do and not what the Lord's going to do with them. So we got to remember, this is not me doing anything or you doing anything. This is the gospel doing something in your life and hopefully in their life. But if they're not going to take it in all the way, they're not going to revive the tools to cultivate this seed so that it can grow and get roots. Stand by. It's not going to not going to stay and they'll weather away and what you'll get is uh, a false positive you're going to get a false positive you're going to evangelize in places where the word will sprout and the sinful nature around it will sprout with it and choke it out that's verse 7 and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. In other words, the word will fall among an environment where the threat will grow around God's word and eventually choke it out. 
Maybe you're evangelizing to someone, but they're living and growing around people rejecting God's word consistently. Now, we see this quite a bit out here in the world right now, where you might be talking to one person about Jesus Christ, and then 15 more will come around just to stomp out and choke out your message to make sure that person is not listening. Ladies and gentlemen, right there, you're dealing with a spiritual war. That is spiritual warfare. The word does things to people. The word influences them in a way to where their spirit can't help but stop. Their spirit can't help but come around and try to stop you from saving someone else to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. So what do they do? They sit around, they gather around you, and they start throwing off this philosophical mumbo jumbo, a lot of uh, opening questions if there was a God and well, why did God allow and anything to make that person you're talking to doubt everything you're saying? So here's how you get around this. I used to uh, deal with that and I started laying down some ground rules for conversations uh, because for those who had an ear to hear, that wanted to hear the gospel, that were interested in understanding Jesus Christ, I want to make sure they had some ground rules for where we were going with this. Again, because the gospel has a point A and a point B. So I wanted to make sure that I had a point A and a point B. So I started laying down the rules of what I was going to answer and what I was not going to answer to eliminate any issues of these open-end questions, these, these snares, you could say, of how people come in, well, if there was a God, why does he allow? And well, I think if, if God showed me, okay, no, we're not talking about none of that. I'm going to answer your question. And if you have any more questions, I'll try to answer those as well. But if I don't know, I'll tell you, hey, I don't know. And if you have a question that's over my head, I'm going to say, have you taken it to prayer yet? Have you asked the God yourself? If you're so curious, have you prayed to God yourself and asked some questions? Because God will reveal it to you. Asking ye shall receive, knocking the door shall be open. That's what the scripture says. So, <laughs> you know, let's not get lost in mumbo jumbo here. Verse 7, as we just said, it, uh, it chokes it out. And this is going to happen, people. It's important that you understand that through this journey of the sower sowing his seed, as you're out there sharing the gospel, it's important to understand that, yes, it's going to fall on some soil that are not going to be conducive for growth. You're going to come across that. Don't think you're going to go 20 and 0 right out the box. Don't think that. You might go 0 and 50. You might go 0 and 100. You know, uh, I was um, down here in Norfolk, Virginia, and I saw some folks handing out Bibles and talking to people, and I thought it was cool, so I thought I'd go help. And one person stopped and said, you know, I've seen, the, you know, some stories on TV and online about what God has done for people, and I have questions, so we sat down, we talked, and, you know, some people had an issue with that because I stopped handing out Bibles talking to one person that was interested, authentically wanted to know about Jesus Christ. You know, it's easy to, uh, to get lost in the sauce of things. So all I'm saying is pay attention. You never know when that one will come and be ready to talk about Christ. So you be ready. 
Don't worry about the wins. Don't worry about the win-loss record. Worry about what's going on right then, right there, at that point. Because we're a people of free will. And the word is received. When the word is received, they must choose whether they want to do what they want to do with it, even in the worst of conditions. You know, sometimes people receive God's word when they're going through the worst of things. And yes, even when they're surrounded by thorns, even when they're around people who just, it is, the word just bounces off their head like it's as hard as a rock. Even when the word's getting trampled on around them, the person who is receiving God's word, whether for the first time or for the 35th time, they still got to choose if they're going to receive it because we're a people of free will. God made us that way for that reason. He wants us to choose for ourselves. Even Joshua talks about this in Joshua 24, 15, which we know very well. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye shall serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 14, And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, listen to this right here, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Pretty much put it behind you. You've done your part. They didn't receive it. Put it behind you. So you see here, Jesus, Jesus Christ knows that there is going to be uh, people who will not receive this gospel. This hope that we have, he understands very clearly that everybody is not going to listen. So don't get too worked up when people don't listen, when people reject God's word. You just simply toss a few seeds on some soil that just won't take, as we say. Finally, on verse 8, we finally get some success. Here's some good news, finally, after all the work and all the toil. Notice how God leaves us for last, though. Notice in the text that even though God's word may fall on some who will not listen, have no heart to listen, will listen but be consumed by their environment, that even though through all that, you will eventually come across people who will receive God's word and it will grow. What does verse 8 say? And uh, another fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let them hear. Those who are willing to listen to this story, to this parable, to this lesson, let them hear. That eventually the word of God will fall on soil that is ready to go. This is why last week, we talked about when Jesus said that no one puts their hand to the plow that looks back as suitable to serve the king, the kingdom of God, because we need you out there toiling that land and getting the soil ready for God's word to sow the seed. If you're going to be a constant gardener of God's word to be constantly out there planting, then you got to be toiling that sand, toiling that land up, turning it over, getting it ready for God's word. So how do we toil the land over? Well, first of all, you got to take care of your families. You got to take care of those that are in your area of responsibility as God has charged you to, whether it's a husband, a wife, uh, children, grandchildren, uh, whoever that you are serving as guardian over, that's the land. 
you got to take care of it. You got to you got to cultivate that land so that when it's time to sow the seed of salvation, it's going to stick and it's going to grow and it's going to set roots people. The problem is we got a lot of families out there that are coming up but they're not coming in. And as a result, things are happening. So what is good ground? What is good ground? Good ground is that ground that is ready for planting God's word. It's the person that has been raised in a good environment and welcomes God's word into their lives and God's words can set roots and grow in people, as we just said. There is cultivation, there is tending, there is care, there is a gardener that's watching for weeds and the things that would damage the crop of salvation. And as a result, look what happens. Scripture says that it bears fruit a hundredfold. Look at the blessings that are coming as a result of tilling that land and taking care of it and planting the seeds of the faith to grow and to prosper and to bloom and you're able to pull from it useful fruit and like most fruit they have seeds and then you can take those seeds and plant again somewhere else you see there's an ongoing process called reduplication that we uh, fail to do nowadays. That's why we're in this famine, this spiritual famine that we're in, because people are taking the word and they're not replanting the word. It's like having a greenhouse in your backyard and everyone around you is starving for food, but you have more than enough, but you won't share because, well, it's for you. You don't feel that there's a responsibility at all to at least offer that's not the kingdom thinking that we're looking for. That is not what we're talking about here. Share. Open up the storehouses and let's get seeds back out there and teach people how to plant this gospel. We gotten so locked up into our churches that we're not going out and sharing the gospel. Yes, maybe that neighborhood has changed around you. Yes, there are people that you once knew around you that you no longer know. Get out there. Let's plant these seeds of faith. Let's share this gospel, this hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Or is this going to get even worse? It's only going to get worse. And it's time to start pushing back, folks. It's time to get back out there and talk about what the Lord has done for us. Yes, there will be a lot of people around that probably don't want to hear it. And they don't like it when you share it with someone else. But guess what, though? If that person is listening... They're going to defend the faith with you. And they're going to defend their right, their God-given right to hear God's word.